Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Nature of Addictions, right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Alan Hendrickson, The Keys to Creation. We are going to be talking about his book that he wrote 10 years ago that's still absolutely apropos today, Think It, Feel It, Have It. But we're also going to be talking about addiction the shame that is imposed upon it, the loneliness and isolation and the hopelessness that is put upon it and how we can go about it, that it doesn't always have to be that mainstream line that there are many, many ways of of going about facing that addiction and freeing yourself from it. He is a man who has since childhood has not had the question about human condition, but being unsatisfied with only asking questions, impressively sought the answer uh, to find them. In search of this deeper understanding of the human mind, mind, spirit and soul of all our collective human consciousness has led him to many corners of the world, including India and Tibet, where he hiked the foothills of the Himalayas with the uh, exiled Tibetan monks. Mm, got to talk about that one. That'd be exciting. Mm, he has mm. sought after and communicated with spiritual leaders of our time. He has understood, however, that answers could not come only from the world's spiritual leaders, but profoundly and richly from the layman. Accordingly, he has taught uh, as a volunteer volunteer to maximize security uh, prison in at maximize prison maximize security prisons get that mm-hmm. out there and has sat and trained with hospice volunteers to sit with people as they're making their transition from a physical form and believing that the answers to the human predicament lie in the dwelling among of humanity among the eyes of the dying being inches from the heart of wrenching anger and body language to the innate uh, innate, uh, rather than retreating from life to the mountainous seclusion he's dived into the mouth of the volcano and pulled from its depths an understanding of how man could rise above what he has created He's earned a law degree and has practiced litigation attorney, has also spent several years in business with multi-million dollar real estate. And all of these experiences have led him to razor sharp insights of the human journey into humanity's predicament and incredible potential. A devotion to helping people and understanding life and life themselves to make life fun. Are the succulent wine into all that experience has fermented. The ability to articulate wisdom through language manifests in people with very degrees of skill. He has appeared uh, at the fullest measure. His cutting-edge breakthrough programs in addition to the law of attraction are helping people get free and create their own happiness. Because that's your responsibility, folks, your own happiness. If you get the Mm. opportunity to see him in person, make it happen, you will be happy that you did. So much to unravel there, so much to unpack. Mm. You know, we we will get to the book because, yes, you've got to feel it. I'm sorry, you know, feel it. So many people Uh are caught up in thoughts that they're not actually paying attention to the Mm. feeling knowledge. But 
let us actually dive into the addictions and there's so many type of addictions they are. And you're the mediums that help people in certain mainstream, like drug addiction or alcoholism. But you know, there's shame behind it, there's blame behind it, there's denial behind it. And also people think addiction is just to do with drugs or with alcohol, but there is the addiction of power. There is the addiction of shopping. There's the addiction of too much coffee. There's addiction of desiring to be liked, you know, uh, just to you know, doing anything just to get attention. And this is all the lack that is within and mm. everybody's searching for it on the outside. That's not where we're going to find the solution, is it? Welcome to yeah. the show, Alan. Thank you. That introduction was wonderful. And that's, uh, that's somebody my mom would have been proud of. And my dad said it's somebody that didn't exist. So that's, that's, that's really accurate. <laughs> what is you know, you know, you know, as you were speaking, I was just kind of noticing that uh, one of the things that I've come to understand about people that if you, you could call it an addiction, but I don't even like to call it that. I, I think it's more what, how I like to see it as somebody reaching for some relief from mental resistance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the degree to which that 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 pressure is coming down on somebody is the degree to which they're willing to risk destroying or, you know, doing something destructive to their life. So it's it's really like you said in, in the introduction is it's really misunderstood culturally. So there's there's the big shame. There's the big shame problem. Yeah. But the other thing that I've noticed, Sarah, is that dealing with, you know, high profile or big, powerful spirits, people who have created big things in their life making a public declaration about a condition of powerlessness isn't something they're willing to risk because of loss of business, loss of family, loss of face. Yeah. Loss of face that's connected up to shame. So, so it's, it's really, the timing is I, I think really good for us as we move into this kind of next phase of our evolution here is us becoming more understanding of this problem and, you know, it's not something that's publicly spoke about too much because it's not really a fun subject. No. But if you look, yeah, if you look out there, there's a whole list of the top 50 or 100 powerful people on the planet. All of them came out of this school of addiction. Mm. All, almost all of the big majority of them. Right. And, and, it's, and it's, you know, one of the big things that I like to talk to people about is that, you know, I haven't, I haven't come across a small, weak soul that has a big addiction problem. We're talking about big, powerful, creative beings yeah. that have just kind of, you know, gone, kind of gone over the rumble strip and gone too far up onto the curb. <laughs> I guess is the best. Way I, to and it. I've interviewed many of them, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, the the seven figure CEO, you know, the top of the chain there, and then getting caught up in in the heroin life, the cocaine life, the alcohol life. They're just opulent abuse. Right. That's yeah. what it came down to opulent abuse and then realizing, you know, of how empty they feel and that it doesn't yeah. matter how much they put up the nose or drink or do anything else um, that that, you know, how rich they are, or how empty yeah. they were. And that a dream and a purpose that they chased after uh, had completely slipped away from them and become something else. And, you know, it didn't yeah. matter how rich they were. It was what did it cost them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, there was a conversation back when Ram Das was alive. I had a conversation with him uh, one night. I had quite a few conversations with him. But in this subject of addiction, which he was pretty astute on and had a real broad understanding of the nature of this condition, is he would say that, you know, people get high 
to get relief from the mind mm -hmm. and get connected to God. And so here you are sitting at the table and there's Moses and there's Buddha and there's Jesus and there's God at the head of the table. And you're just basking in the presence of the beloved. And then all of a sudden you feel a tap on your shoulder and you look up and it's somebody telling you you have to leave because you got in on the wrong ticket. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, you yeah, that, learn, that sums you it up. You didn't earn your way there. You cheated your way there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the earning yeah. your way there is is really looking at your own personal demons, your own personal yeah. traumas, your own you, – have you lost your why? Have you lost your passion? Did you have it in the first place? Are you living a life of expectation or dictation? Um, and, you know, it's it's knowing – the core of you and until that core is ignited where it is that divine wisdom that comes through to you that always will see you right it, it's yeah. literally kind of putting your heaven and earth together the, the divine presence mm. whatever you want to call it you can just call it analytically source and energy or you can go right down to the divine or whatever you want to call it and yeah. then your human potential merging them together as one i think the reason why people become addicted and so lost is they're only living from the human aspect and they haven't got that purpose, divine compass there to lead yeah. them along the way. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's, that's a really powerful Sarah. And one of the things that I, I noticed when I first talked to somebody is when I first initially talked to them, there's always a different viewpoint that they have on themselves than mm -hmm. what I see from them. So one of the things of anybody doing any work with anybody is if you're going to show up to a situation, it has to, you have to show up, not seeing a problem or you got to show up without a context of something being wrong or something being broken. Right. It's really, this person has been doing whatever they've been doing and they're now starting to reach out for change of direction and changing things around. It's really an opportunity instead of a breakdown or some sort of a, a, a problem that's un, un, untenable. A redirect, right? Yeah. Redirect is, yeah. is really, really good. And, and no understanding is the big, is usually yeah. the big problem that, is that I first run into. So I, I think I think the biggest thing for people is to come to understand the right why, the right why that this has gone on. Because if, if that's stepped over or that missed, you're just you're on a little bit of a wild goose chase there and you go down a pretty dark tunnel there. And you know, there's there's modalities that are available right now, which the the paradox or the 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 conflict of the reasoning of them where somebody would at some particular point exercise their their will and refrain or practice restraint from not doing whatever they were doing yet they keep showing up talking about that they're powerless against something you just can't have both of those things going on so it keeps this person in kind of a kind Perfect. of a tension or, yeah yeah and and it's just for a human being i just don't think any human being should be standing up on a daily or weekly or monthly basis ever talking about being powerless against anything. It's just not true. It's just not no. true. No, the power yeah. lies within us. And, you know, really, yeah. you know, why Why have we taken the addictive road, no matter what that addiction is? It simply could be you, you're a coffee addict, shopping addict, you know, chocomaniac. Yeah. It doesn't matter what that addiction is or what level it's at. It is a form of escapism because you're unable to deal with the conflict or the turmoil that is within you. And, yeah. you know, life is an inside-out job. Um, it, it doesn't matter how rich or famous, popular or anything else. Look at how many stars have found the courage to say, I suffer from addiction or I suffer from depression or I suffer from this yeah. or that. And all of a sudden this, you know, beautiful fame, rich and this and that, nothing wrong with them. And they're going, but I'm human too. I'm vulnerable too. Yeah. These are my struggles. 
puts everything into perspective where others go, well, that means it's okay if I'm suffering this. That doesn't make me less than. The, yeah. you know, it is for me to find whatever skills and tools to manage that depression, understand where it's coming from. Is it clinical? Is it environmental? Is it spiritual? Or the lack of spirit yeah. for us to find our way through. <clears throat> but the more we're willing to talk about it, the more we're normalizing that these are things that are happening and that we do need to address. And there isn't a one size that fits all. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, I, I think the, 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 be the best is there's a, there's always a, there's timing in the method and there's, mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's people sometimes who want to reach and have a conversation, but they're just not quite ready yet. They need a, I know this just sounds a little bit strange, but they need to wreck a car. They need a divorce. They need something to take Cosmic that up to that. Cosmic two by four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, something that that kind of okay. Now I'm ready to do it. And, and what I say to people is, you know, just if you're not ready to stop, you just got to make that okay too. Yes. There's there's real timing in the method, and you can't, you know, if if you walked if you came over to my house and you walked outside and I was in the garden pulling over pulling open the corners of a tulip so I could see the flower in there, you would probably say, you know, you're going to kill that flower. It's going to bloom when it's time for it to bloom. Yes. You can't, it's, it doesn't work that way. And yeah. so I say to people, I said, you know, there's kind of a little bit of a joke that I usually open with is, do you, do you know how many psychotherapists it takes to change a light bulb? <laughs> well, the answer is only one, but the bulbs really got to want to change. Yes. That's really the, the key <laughs> yes. to it, right? I've got another so, analogy. So it requires a reach. Mm. I've got another analogy. You can take a horse to water, you can't make it drink. However, Indeed. you leave it there long enough and it's going to realize it's thirsty. It's thirsty, exactly. Right? And it's like, you know, yeah. some people get the nudge-nudge wink and some people need the cosmic two-by-four to change. And, and I will yeah. have to say the percentage of people that have been addicted uh, that I've interviewed who have said it was that cosmic two-by-four that came along. They had all the signs. They had all the nudge-nudge wink-winks. Mm -hmm. Um, but they weren't paying attention. They, you know, oh no, it's okay. I can manage this. I, oh, it's not that serious. You know, um, yeah. it doesn't affect me. Yeah, you know, I'm a working alcoholic. You know, and yeah. it, and they're just like it took the cosmic two by four for them to literally fall on their ass and have to get back up, wobbly, for them to have a damn good look. Oh, okay, yeah. it's now time for me to pay attention. I need help. Yeah. You know, there's there's no um, there's no really no way around this law of attraction concept here, because in what the scenario was you were talking about is one of the you know, there's 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 the, there's some cornerstones to the law of attraction. And one of the big cornerstones is this concept of emotional momentum mm -hmm. and that momentum. Let's just consider it like a freight train or an ocean liner. It can be going in a negative direction or it can be going in a positive direction. It's not personal. It's vibrational, right? It's not. It's not a personal thing. It's not. Well, I work so hard. Maybe things will come my way now. And I always tell people, like, it's okay, man. You're, you're. The door is open for you to call me back. And as you keep moving in this direction, it's just going to get worse. It's mm -hmm. not good, bad, right, or wrong. It's a law of the universe. So as you can start to see that with some sort of predict on an outcome. Then as they start to see this mass getting bigger energetically as the momentum builds, then they see like, you know, there's, there's a big thing getting ready to blow up. It's just like a volcano getting ready to erupt. It's, it's just inevitable. You know, I always say that, um, you know, I've 
birthed three children and every single one of those pregnancies and births were, you know, as one doctor said, sorry, you're allergic to pregnancy. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I definitely am. But all the kids were worth it. But, you know, I kind of look at it as um, kind of realizing you're pregnant, you've got the morning sickness and then, um, you know, then the things you can eat and you can't eat and then the backache and then, of course, you know, the labor pain. But then once yeah. you actually give birth and you've got that child in your arms, you forget all the pain you've been through. And it's like, yeah. you know, for people who have been in addiction or are in addiction, be willing to go through the transition that you need to go through to rebirth yourself. It is yeah. going to be uncomfortable. There are going to be times yeah. you want to give up. Um, you can't give up in the middle of labor. Sorry, folks. You've got to go through it. And it's about going yeah. through the process, but which process works for you so that you can can give birth to yourself as in the light that you want to yeah. be seen in. Yeah, yeah. Really good analogy. Really good analogy, Sarah. And one of the things that, that I teach or I share with people is really early on is getting them really present to shifting their relationship, shifting their context or their relationship towards contrast, these contrasting experiences that they're creating. And one of the things over the years of coaching people I've come to realize is we talk about this earth being a curriculum, a school, a school yes. of learning. Mm -hmm. And what I've kind of put as a little model out here, that it is a school of learning and there's categories that we're all taking lessons in. And when somebody comes to me for the first time, they're experiencing, they don't come to me just because everything is great and they're expanding and thriving and it's not how it works. So they come to me and they're either in, they're either in the class of sex, relationship, job, family, they're in one of these seven classes and they're creating some contrast so they can experience this so they can now understand what it's like to be on the other side of it. Yeah. And when a person can get that relationship shifted around, it's a really uh, a real relief yes. because it takes all the takes all the seriousness out of it. It doesn't have to be so significant, right? So significant. You know, I just had an engineer who is actually an Avida and yoga and you know coach, etc. And sometimes she gets a little stuck in the engineerial mind. And I said, look, the engineer, you know, first trust trust what the universe is giving you, the wisdom. <laughs> Right. Uh -huh. You know, the wisdom is given to you and it resonates in your heart and truth. It gives it to your spirit and action for your mind to know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. But the beauty of being the engineer like you as an attorney, you've got the structure to know actually how to take that wisdom and apply it in a way that actually it can build on itself. Yeah, that's I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I hadn't had any plans of talking about that, but. You know, as I was going, when I was, when I was getting ready or contemplating going to law school, my whole journey on law school was a compensation for feeling stupid. So, so yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I had in my mind, I had made up like, you know, if I became a lawyer, then I can't be stupid because, you know, there's no dumb lawyers. And that was so well, pervasive. Well, it was such in my blind spot that before I woke up to it, I had taken uh i've taken the bar exam in california three times and then finally passed the bar exam and then that didn't handle my sentence of thinking that i was not smarter that i was stupid so then i went on and i i scheduled and i went and took the mcats because i was going to go to medical school then next <laughs> so i could be a jd md and and thank god i woke up before i got myself ah, enrolled in the whole, year, <laughs> your whole life of just learning and not applying right yeah yeah and for what the title 
the attorney doctor oh you know you must respect me because i'm esteemed yeah. right yeah no yeah doing it for all the wrong reasons yeah and and you know when i was when i was getting these lessons uh you know kind of on the court in life i didn't have a family unit or a home unit that had access to any of this conversation like i was never in a church ever i was never in any like you know my dad was an engineer and everything was rational and linear and you know the church was a rip off and it was a it was a money making scheme and there was all kinds of you know attacks on anything for any kind of spiritual help or anything like that so i was fortunate enough when i when i when i finally woke up i had one of the cosmic 2 by 4s that you talk about and and this is a true story i was walk i was literally walking out of a restaurant in huntington beach and there was a cassette on the floor on the just on the ground outside outside the door and I picked it up and looked at it. And it was it was Ramdas. It was a, yeah. It was a, it was a lecture from Ramdas, and I listened to it. And the the rest was pretty much history. Yeah. The universe always unbelievable, delivers. Huh? When, it's unbelievable. When we're ready, right? But, mm -hmm. You know, you could have picked it up and tossed it away. Absolutely, right? Sarah. But, but Absolutely. Your, your instincts that you paid attention to at the time. Well, oh, I wonder what this is. Right. Yeah. Because the yeah. universe gives us the answers all the time, but are we paying attention? Yeah, yeah. And you know, what's so beautiful about what you're saying right now is subsequent to that is what I came to find out and realize is because, you know, Ramdas used to say to me all the time, how's your meditation practice going? And I'd say, let's talk about something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> but also that there are so many different ways of meditating. You know, it isn't cross leg being silent. You know, I have, I've had a monk on Michelle Pascal, who takes people into Times Square to meditate amongst the chaos. Because yeah. what good is meditation just in silence if you can't use it in the chaos? Yeah, yeah. You know, that was one of the things that he talked about, uh, Ramdas talked about, about having people, you know, if I could do it over again, I would tell people, if you're having trouble with the city chaos, go get in the city. Yes. Fit yourself in the midst of those kinds of things. But what I've come to understand about it is, you know, my the bigger part of myself that had me grab that cassette I wasn't in tune with that part of myself at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of starting to wake up for what was kind of happening to me. And when I what I noticed over the years as my practice, my meditation practice, and my meditation practice is it's it's 20 minutes and 11 seconds every morning. It's the first thing that I'm doing when I wake up. And and what I've noticed is over over the years is I'm more now my mind is quiet enough to where I can hear that message to pick up the cassette yeah i can now hear that inner being or that source or god or atman or christ consciousness whatever higher you want to call that higher consciousness yeah. <laughs> higher consciousness let's say that okay uh it's just semantics but it's yeah. now as my mind has quieted down so yeah. much i can now hear where that i can feel and follow those impulses now because i can hear them much more clearly where before yeah. I didn't know what was what, and my mind was kind of leading the way yeah, all the exactly. time. Exactly. And, you know, our yeah. mind is data, it's programming, it's patterns. And, you know, very often it's on a tre treadmill or, you know, like a hamster wheel going around and yeah. around and around. And we've got two different types of what if. What if it doesn't work? What if, you know, I shouldn't do this? What will people think? And then there's what if. It's absolutely yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always feeding the what if. If I'm in the other what if, I know it's I'm in my mind. When I'm in the, what if this is yeah. going to be something exuberant? I know that it's my higher conscious leading me. That is my compass. Yeah. It never sets me wrong.
never set me yeah. wrong. Where I go wrong is when I'm purely in thought. And where is yeah. that thought? It's the exterior expectation of societal expectation, religious expectation, political expectation, economic expectation of what you yeah. should be, right? Yeah. And that everybody else yeah. is trying to live up to, which is delusional because it we're is. not meant to live up to that. And at the expense of your beautiful soul that is waiting to ignite and mm -hmm. become the person you were put here to be. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And and one of the other things that I've also recognized or come to notice is, you know, n now, you know, there's a couple of ways that, that people have said this that have come out with it. But one of the things that I've really come to understand is if it's if it's if it the amount of opportunities that come my way are a lot. I get a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of opportunities that I think are really great opportunities financially or, 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 but they don't really feel good. And with the ones like that, that I've gotten involved with, I'm serious here in excess of probably 30, 40 of these opportunities. I've been, not one has worked, but the ones that were like, I don't really see how this is going to work, but these guys are really cool and groovy. Yeah. Those, those ones all worked. Those ones, all those ones all worked out. Yeah. So following, following that higher, learning to follow that higher passion when it's not, when it's, it's getting its senior, senior to this. Yeah. I think you're muted, Sarah. All right. Yes. A hundred percent. Sorry. I've got this RSV virus folks. So I'm trying not to splutter here. So I keep muting yeah, myself. No worries. No worries. No worries. Um, yeah. I've, I've lived very much from that expectation life of, you know, uh, and I, I've gone, explored many things of thinking, okay, you know, um, sometimes it's the gut telling me to do it. But then yeah. what has happened is minds have come in and misconstrued it, yeah. what the purpose of that journey was about. And I've become yeah. bankrupt. I've lost everything by following certain paths where I know it was right. Yep. I know it was right, but it got into the wrong hands. Yep. And so once it was in the wrong hands, it was obliterated from the energy that it was meant to be. Right. Indeed. And Indeed. so yeah. it is very essential that when we get given an idea to follow something, to make sure that we stay within the same frequency with the people we gather to yeah. be a part of that and don't get kind of fantasized about, oh, we're going to be famous or it's going to be rich and it's going to do this and that because that can take you off on a totally different frequency. Yeah, right. not the uh, one you want to be on. Yeah. No. No. And you know, I I think Joseph Campbell said it best on this follow your bliss concept. It's 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 and it's so beautiful when you can you can understand what that excitement or that enthusiasm is giving when you feel that and that gets aligned and then you take action on it. It doesn't matter what direction that that's going to go. It's your right next direction. Yes. Even though you see, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also, you know, be patient. You know, um, for five years, I've been trying to put a book together called Our Forgotten Children series, which is an anthology of people contributing a chapter around the raising of our children. Because I firmly believe our dysfunctional societies, because we have not invested in our children properly. And if we nurture and invest into our children and truly listen to them and fortify the gift that they are, we won't have such a dysfunctional adult society. Mm -hmm. But it's taken yeah. five years to do that. And I've tried here and I've tried there. But I had to wait for the universe to sing synchronize all the right people now the people i thought i was going to do it with only one or two of them could do it 
Yeah, and I then, understand. But suddenly, I'm now interviewing people on various subjects. I go, you've got to be in the book. You've got to be in the book. You're perfect for yeah. the book. And we just yeah. did a summit with all 15 of us authors, and they, they were all blowing each other away. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and if, if you guys are all inspiring each other, then this is what I hope the book is going to do. Right? So, But that's the thing is that the idea wasn't wrong. The principle around the idea wasn't wrong. But I had to wait not only for the right timing, but for the right people to show up. Yeah. So we've got yeah. to have patience and persistence, but allow it to come Allowance. when it's ready. Yeah, yeah. The, that uh, that was a really big one for me, too, because, you know, I was a, a, a real addicted to doing this. Right. Oh, to even yes. Yeah, even down to the point of how much time I had to eat my food and that, that, that everything was really in this kind of scheduled compartmentalized yeah. kind of robotic kind of. And so for me, and this is a really subtle thing that people really trip over a lot and has people stop even trying to investigate or apply any law of attraction yeah. practices to their life is that I wanted it all right now, but I kept looking at my present time environment and I kept saying to the universe, it's not here yet. And so the universe said, the no problem, <laughs> no problem, no problem. Right. Yeah. And then I, and then I, and then I, and then I finally realized like, you know, what would it be like if everything I wanted was here right now, I'd be overwhelmed. I wouldn't even yeah. know what to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not only overwhelmed, you misuse what you're given because everything comes in the right order at the right time. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, but if, yeah. if we if we demand it all be now, it's like, well, I've got all these components and I don't know how to put them together. Which order should they be in? You know, yeah, I, it, would, it, would, yeah. it would be a horrible problem. A yes. horrible, horrible problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's be careful what you're asking for. Right. I mean, I used to be a people pleaser um, because I kept trying to bring myself into a pretzel to be what other people wanted me to be. Yeah. And I was denying myself. And it was a journey back to being me. That's what my memoir is all about. My self-discovery of, you know, uh, in soul living. Because I've always meant to live from the soul. I've always come from the soul. But I allowed yeah. my soul to serve other people and not serve me. And Great the contrast. Lesson, well, you were there because the lesson in having the soul serves me means I am a better server. We're all here to serve one another. Indeed. But I'm a Indeed. much better contributor when I'm coming from the truth of my heart, soul, and spirit, rather than yeah. the people pleasing, which is denying the essence of who I am. Not much value there, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's got discard value only. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, can we actually say that any one of us, and maybe even all of us, at some point have been addicted to something? You've got a people addicted to religion, you know, you're um, addicted to the likes, addicted to anything, um, addicted to people pleasing. You know, it's it's um, whether it's big or small, if it's something that we feel we've got to do are all things, you know, are going to fall to pieces or, you know, have to. It's the difference between soul compulsion and the dictation of got to do it. Um, that is unrational you know, that irrational, yeah. that you know, do you, would you feel that we've all got that tendency inside of us? You know, what I, th I think what I've come to understand is that when, when people, they look for relief in different varying ways. And, and what it really is coming to do is every time we've got ourselves cut off from ourselves with our mind, there's various ways and various degrees of which we do that. And I think 
you know, the fundamental law of attraction concept that I live by and that I teach is, you know, everybody, everybody's, it's the Dalai Lama said, everybody, he says, he comes out on stage and says, before I met everybody here today, we had something in common. We all desire to be happy. Yeah, everybody's desiring to be happy and feel good. And what I've noticed is people have a tendency to, they're doing what they're doing because they think in the getting of what they're after, then they're going to be happy. And the universe says, once you're happy, then you can have what you want. So there's a backwards, there's yes. a backwardness to it. And so I say to people, if you got to first understand this concept, now we got to find a way to get you happy before your stuff shows up. That's yeah. the key to it. Right. And, and you know, but the permission to be happy. A lot of people think I don't have the right to be happy. You know, or, I don't know what happiness is. And, you know, happiness is an illusion. And those are the people that are kind of either stuck in trauma, stuck in doubt. And again, yeah. the, the living the outside, not the inside living, because yeah. happiness is taking a walk in the woods and the rustle of the leaves as the wind blows yeah. through its trees. It's the yeah. ocean lapping on the shore. It's children laughing. Yes. It's doggies chasing sticks. Anything yes. that brings a smile to your face, to your heart, it's made you happy. Yeah. Can you sustain yes. that happiness? What can you do to sustain that happiness? Yeah. And, you know, to start to really notice these little... Um, these little breadcrumbs or these little little wins, little victories all the time of the universe conspiring with you and lining up with you for they look like little, as Deepak Chopra calls them, synchro destinies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These little things where you go to the airport and you can't find whatever you're looking for. And then the lady behind you walks up and says, here, look at this. Do you drop this over at the And yeah. I've have so many of those going on all the time for me mm -hmm. that at first, I first started off from the condition of, when somebody would talk about being happy, I got a little, yeah, I got a little uncomfortable. Therapy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back in, back in my lawyering days. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the things that I evolved out of was, and I, and I actually started a, a game, which uh, I'm going to do a TED Talk in February on this little game that I created, is I, I got really in a real heavy depression when I was making this transition of really just waking up. Yes. And, and what had happened was, there was two Jehovah Witnesses that came to my door and I opened the door and just, just as a function of my social, you know, veneer, I put a smile on my face. And the moment I put that smile on my face, since I was feeling so bad, I catapulted to where I noticed that yes. I was feeling better yes. from that. Right. Yes. And it was so drastic because I was in such rough shape. Hmm. So what I noticed is that, this, this, as Mother Teresa said, smiling is our first act of love. It is. Just to be able to smile. So, so I created a game and the game is, it's the smile project. And what you do is you just go out. The beautiful part about this game, sir, is that even when you lose, you win. Yeah. So if you and me, if you and me go out and we're going to play a game for today, everyone that you smile at that smiles back at you, you get a point. Mm -hmm. And if somebody comments on your smile, you get three points. So I've played this game with a lot of my friends and a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not smiling all day. And then later would come around and want to play the game. But I got 44 points in, in, in one day, which was the, which the, my personal best. But as I began to share the game with other people, yeah. when I was out, it just really, really started spreading. And I was one of the first times that I felt like, well, wow, that's impacting the vibration on the planet, especially in my particular community and people around me.
a smile is a way of the saying smile to people, project, yeah. yeah, it says, I see you. It yeah. says, I care. It says, I'm yeah. willing to understand and I'm willing to share my yeah, love, my compassion. Absolutely. Yeah. And, connect. you know, a smile is a, a door opener. It's mm -hmm. a heart opener. And, mm -hmm. and it's a spirit sharer. There's so yeah. much power in a smile. It's just, it's so simple and so beautiful and just so, yeah, I feel feel real lucky that I just kind of paid attention to that when that was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, what's really great is because it uh, it's not something that I typically would have picked up or kind of ran with because it wasn't the moneymaker and there wasn't, yeah. you know, an operating agreement and an LLC and you know, yeah. a public offering. Right? <laughs> yes. Nothing to do with happiness. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's... um. Again, why do we chase the things that, uh, that we chase? And, you know, ultimately, we want to be happy. We want to feel accomplished. Yeah. We, you know, and yeah. also we want to feel we are contributing, right? Yeah. That we've made a difference in someone's life. If yeah. you're only making a difference in your life and your bank balance, and you think that power and having money, and lording it over other or controlling people because of that, that is desperation. It is not happiness. Right. Yeah. And but when it when it you share a smile and the smiles grow and they ripple and they, you know, they yeah. just just people just start smiling for no reason. It, it is. Yeah. A, that is one of the best economic things you can do because it feeds yeah. the heart and the soul and the spirit and the well-beingness of a person. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's something very, very powerful about being being able to recognize the the impact or the power of the feeling. And I don't know, and I'm not, I'm definitely not alone in this. And it's, it's, it's more a male phenomena than a female phenomena because of the, just the allowing nature of women. Thank mm -hmm. God. The women. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes from L Ron Hubbard is, you know, men are very burdensome, but necessary. <laughs> uh -huh. so that's coming from a man, right? And then the the other one, the other one, which is one that I share with people a lot, like at parties or social gatherings, is um, I say this, and before I say it, I say, you know, I'm going to tell you something which is a secret to the universe and how it works in our culture, and the women here are going to agree with me and say, of course, and the men are going to shake their head like that's not true, and I say it goes like this: women, women are powerful, pretending to be hopeless romantics. <laughs> And men are hopeless romantics pretending to be powerful. And the women all go, yeah. And the men go, uh-uh. <laughs> denial, denial, men. Denial, denial. You know, the, the, yeah. true, the true, you know, um, abundance of a man is when he has stepped into his spirit, when he has stepped into his heart and soul, when he actually yeah. embraces the feminine side of him. Yeah, the can, allowance. Yeah, the allowance, that living with that yin and yang of everything you're meant to be. We have a lot of masculine inside of us, right? Yeah. Uh, and if we know how to bring that balance into it, you know, women, yeah. are, are, we never do just one thing. You know, if anybody's yeah. raised a family, you know, my, my, my daughter, when she had her baby, said to me, Mom, how did you do it three? And I said, I don't know. I just did it. You, you do what's yeah. needing to be done when you do it. And you know the overall... Yeah results that you want from it and we get on with it where yeah. a guy wants to analyze it and spout about it and this about it and this is why you know we've got to do a survey on it and this and that and it's like well let's just do it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you know also, also on, uh, 
yeah, that that's 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 spot on. And there's also like a maybe a partner to that, which is as you as you begin doing as you begin doing this or practicing or people start to dabble with the law of attraction, the 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 understanding, the understanding of and it's so counterintuitive for us of this allowing things to come to us that they're already been they've already created it's just waiting for us to stop doing that little dance we do that keeps it from showing up and so if you start to talk to someone for a while you'll find out what the little dance is that they do to stop what it is that right and then it's they'll in start queue. To... it's waiting for you to open the door <laughs> yeah really it really really it really yeah. is you know for me when when i first started having the bit my biggest breakthroughs in the law of attraction and the application was not until I really began to understand this allowing part. Yes. The allowing part. Cause yes. I kept trying to overcompensate that. And I was doing all my rowing upstream thinking everything I wanted was upstream. And I didn't even know that I didn't even have to turn the yacht, the little boat around. I had to just stop rowing upstream. Yeah. Not a river salmon. Will... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a salmon. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yeah, I'm not a salmon. <laughs> but it, but it's so counterintuitive for yeah. this culture of to get tuned into my beingness instead of my doingness and and it's so, you know, I got so caught up on this when I broke through that I I was on I was on the I was at the Jersey Shore, right? I was doing some writing and visiting a friend and I had this breakthrough on this and so I said, "You know what? I got to go I got to go find out how many people out here really understand what a being is." Yeah. So, so I, so I interviewed a hundred people on the boardwalk. Not one person knew what being this was. Yeah. Not one knew what a being was. That's scary. <laughs> well, we're human beings, but they all had the human part down. Yes. The human part. But, but, but like, if you've only got the human part down, you're a humanoid because yeah, you're, yeah, you're exactly. disconnected. The beingness is the presence and essence of who you are and what you're here to do aligned yeah. with the human in order to do it. Yeah. Well, the fascination of that for me, Sarah, where I just kind of had like a, oh boy, this culture might be in more trouble than I'm even aware of, or more trouble than I was in, right? <laughs> Maybe more trouble than I was in. But what I noticed was, is that if if I am a human being and no one's had a conversation with me about being, mm -hmm. and I'm now 29 years old, this is a real problem. This is a yes. real problem. <laughs> yes. Because that's where all the payoff is, is in the exactly. being, right? That's yeah. where the enrichment and the abundance is. You know, um, yeah. I'm always yelled at, you know, because, sorry, you know, you only do your shows by donation and, and you, you need to charge this, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I go, uh, no. <laughs> the universe <laughs> is going to show me what I need to do. Uh, I'm already yeah. feeling enriched and abundant. And the money will come from those. You know, for me, it's all about free will. So if, in the yeah. for reason for people to, to support the work that I do and support the station must come from free will because that is yeah. what I call conscious money, yes. right? And yes. instead of yes. charging people and they're feeling you've got to live up to their expectation of the dollar, of the services. Yeah. And I know it's a backward way of thinking for many people, but unfortunately it is my conscious way of thinking. It's the way I have to live on yeah. it. Certain services yeah. I can charge for because they are structure, structure services, but other things they are, a gift to society because they have to be told, like these podcasts, yeah. like what you're yeah. sharing. They have to be told. And it's like, please listen to your own compass of your own consciousness yeah. of what is important yeah. and what isn't. 
and I've, you know, I've been doing this lady 12 years and 10 and a half years of my own network. I've been fighting people on this for a long time. And they Nobody's get. got any idea what you're supposed to be doing. They should, they got their hands full with themselves. Yes. And everybody's got a solution. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And it's like, uh, either you're not in the podcast business, so you don't understand, or your podcast <laughs> business is serving a different business. So, you know, it's, um, I have to follow the path that my conscience tells me to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it will always protect me. It will always provide. It doesn't provide yeah. an abundance. No, I'm kind of waiting for that abundance. <laughs> I need yeah. a little infusion, please. Um, <laughs> but it will always provide what I need when I need it uh, because yeah. it wants me to continue on this path of my purpose. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, Let's indeed. Talk and that, about that... Purpose. Let's talk about purpose. Because I feel people that mm. go down addictive ways uh, don't have connection with self, but also don't have a sense of purpose. Or they have the wrong purpose they're chasing. You're saying the same thing in different language. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, you're saying the same thing. They're just they're just on a different course. But yeah. one of the things that you'll notice about people that get into trouble, you know, Abraham Hicks tells the, the analogy of the, the side of the, you know, when you're driving on the road. And then you hit the wobble, 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 the thing on the shoulder that lets yes. you know you're going off the road. Yes. P people who are off purpose or people who are under the auspices of these heavy addictions or destructive behavior have not only crossed that rumble strip, but they've gone over into the neighborhood. They're, you know, some <laughs> of them. Some of them <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a person that I worked with that said to me, like, you know, I got so far off off my path that my inner being in order to get me back on path, put me in jail mm -hmm. to get me back onto mm -hmm. the road. Right. So, mm -hmm. so it was really beautiful because he noticed, or he was able to see that that's, that was, that was his next path or his next right action was him going to jail instead of the stigma of everything he lived with for, for going to jail, like the blessing of that it turned yes. out. And what I think, what I've come to find out is when people now get to learn that, how they feel is the most important thing in their life and everything that they want ain't coming until they get that handled and start moving on that track. They can then start to realize, and I'm telling you, it's happened a lot, Sarah. Yeah, this is what I knew this the whole time that I was supposed to be doing yeah. this. And you know what the number one reason is they never did it. 99% of them. And this is not a small sample. 99%. The reason I didn't do gardening is because I didn't think I could make a living doing it. Right. And that, it's, it's you know, every, almost every time. It's what yeah. the reason is. We've yeah. become a money society, right? Yeah. Again, that's one of the chapters in a Forgotten Children book where somebody's talking about money and children, teaching them very early that money is is a tool, and how to mm -hmm. look at money that money doesn't become your dictator. Yeah. And and you know we want to make a living. We but then what we have to do if my passion is gardening, and it only makes X, Y, and Z. How can I live comfortably, safely within that economic situation so that it allows me to still doing what I love to do? So we yeah, have to change yeah. our standards instead of trying to live up to a standard. Do you need the mansion? Yeah. Do you need the yeah. mansion? You know, and it's, it's yeah. the focus on what's important to you that money can support, not chasing the money to be important. Yeah, that, you know, any chasing of it's not going to work. But if we're talking in this language of abundance, and I will tell you from my own personal experience, you know, when 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 I was a young when I was a young boy, there's 
some things that had happened to me growing up that, you know, it probably have my, my father put in jail now, nowadays. Right. But th that was all part of my creation. And as part of my comeuppance, if you will, all part of my schedule, all part of my, there's no condemnation on my dad or my dad is, he's wonderful just the way he is and just the way he isn't. But there's also something about that experience for me had me living in a state of my self-worth wasn't there. And yes. how that was showing up financially was worthless and broke. <laughs> right? so, yeah. and, and, and the broke was in the physical body. Right. So chronic little nags and it, like I was always feeling broke in my body and, you know, weird things like torn ACL. I got a reconstructed right knee, like broke, like yeah. literally broke, reflecting in the body and then financially broke would, you know, get, yeah. you know, have have somebody send me a check for one hundred eighteen thousand dollars. And then three months later, I'm broke. Like, how yeah. do you do that? Yeah. Like that. That's a skill. Yes. That's a real skill, right? <laughs> it's an effortless skill, right? It's an effortless skill, but it was an indicator of something that was way out of line oh, and way out yeah. of whack. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, this this beingness that I possessed was so clever and so smart that no one would have even detected it. It went almost unnoticed, almost unnoticed. And until I got myself and started looking at like, my sense of my own, my mm -hmm. personal sense of worth, mm -hmm. not what anybody else thinks I'm worth, exactly. what I think that I'm worth. Mm -hmm. Only then did the money conversation shift for me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we are not a dollar sign. No. We are not a dollar sign. Our worth is in who we are as a beautiful essence of being, what we're here to contribute how we're meant to do it in the, whether you're just a smile expert and you go around sharing smiles all day, right? <laughs> I don't care. It's that we're all giving, you know, I, I draw the analogy of we're here to discover what our instrument is and learn how to play it. And yes, we can yeah. play it solo and have a great effect. But when we join an orchestra of like vibrational um, beings and each one of their own expertise come together harmoniously together, the music yeah. then becomes transcending, right? It but, really does. But that orchestra is not going to be transcending if we haven't learned to play our instrument. So yeah. what is our yeah. instrument? We're all given a gift, every single one of us. And I don't care if you're a janitor or, or, you know, when you walk into a building, you're going to go up to the 15th floor to see the CEO, but the elevator's dirty and sticky and everything's dirty. What's your opinion? of the CEO yeah. when you get up there. The janitor yeah. set the stage. He's just as important. And Indeed. so what job are you doing? Do not let society stigma you into that it's a shameful job because COVID proved to us all the people that are out there working in the stores, delivering the groceries, the nurses, the janitors at the hospital, we couldn't survive without them. And yet they have yeah. been so unappreciated for so long. Stand yeah. tall in the instrument that you are for yeah. it is very, very important on whatever scale it's on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's um, one of the, one of the, you know, I spent, I don't know if I had said this or mentioned this to you before, but I spent maybe five or six years uh, inside the church of Scientology. And, and one of the things that was, you know, very, very, very powerful for me was there's, you know, one of the, the big tool there is auditing which basically just means to listen. 
Yes. But as you as you audit with somebody, you've got somebody who's an auditor who's just listening to you that's asking you questions, but you're holding these metal cans and there's a circuit going up to a board that they're reading. So they're measuring the mass on your thoughts. Mm. And the whole purpose, and I didn't realize this at first till later, was is to find out areas where you've got this resistance and this charge, whether it's conscious or unconscious, get those incidents up, run them out, yeah. and release that resistance. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a really, really big early clue for me about how prevalent. And then my own mind, you know, my own mental resistance of pushing back and being angry, 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 and then being in a culture where you know, it's not chic to be angry in this culture. Yeah. It's just not chic. So so I spent I spent probably three years of my life being angry and then powerless and then angry and then powerless and then angry and powerless. And I didn't ever have a, an avenue or an expression of that anger. And it wasn't about to dramatize the anger. It was an opportunity to express it and then move on to some higher realms or frequencies. Yes. But I had a lid on me before yeah. I, I just kept bouncing back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Then the, the concept of looking at and connecting up this mental resistance issue with human addiction, human beings and addiction and mental resistance. And the bigger the being, the more drugs over time. Yes. It's just, it's just they're directly proportional. And the, the more it's kind of kind of caved down. And it's, you know, I think it was Shakespeare. Shakespeare was talking about there's nothing good nor bad around here. Just your thinking makes it so. Yeah. It's all your it's, actions. It's, <laughs> well, I'm, I say that from the standpoint of when you when I first get with somebody, it's normally the, the intensity of I have a joke and the joke says after I've spoke to them and gotten related, I'll say, you know, I think if, if we got to teach you how to be a little more kind. Some kindness is really what's missing here. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, let me just get to the point. If I was treating you half as rough as you're treating yourself, you'd probably get a restraining order on me. You'd probably get a restraining order <laughs> Absolutely. On and people are unaware of that until somebody points it out. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I say to them, yeah. if you saw somebody else do, uh, doing this to themselves, wouldn't you intervene? Yeah. Yes, I would then yeah. why are you not intervening on yourself, right? Emotions are here to indicate how we are reacting to a situation, right? So they serve a purpose, but don't become emotional over your emotions. Yeah. If you're angry, what are you angry about? Spend the anger, get rid of it. Don't stay in the anger for anger's sake or sadness yeah. or depression. Or even, I'm happy, despite yeah. anything else, I'm going to stay happy. No, we have lull periods where we're sad, Yeah, right? It's okay to be yeah. sad. You appreciate being happy even more. But understand contrast. why those emotions are there. Contrast. That contrast mm -hmm. is beautiful. Yes. Unless you don't have a relationship to it, then it's horrible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, because then, you know, everything kind of becomes very flat. And, uh, you know, we say resistance is futile. And, you know, the universe doesn't give up on us. It just keeps cosmeting us to yes, before, until we get yeah. it. And then yeah. when we finally wake up and go, okay, you've been there all the time. Yeah. And now I am awake and aware. I'm going to see those signs that you are pointing, yeah. those breadcrumbs that you're yeah, making so obvious are, along yeah. the way. Um, I'm paying attention. Yeah. 
you know that the 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 connection of and it's it's a really beautiful combination of you know there's there's a there's and I, when i say prayer when i talk about someone's prayer life i don't mean like a deal cutting or bargaining or you know please help sarah make some money for her show and i'm not talking <laughs> about that i'm talking about true prayer like to ask as if it's already shown up like with the expectation that it's arrived already that prayer and meditation such a beautiful such a beautiful combination sarah of allowing us to hear how our prayers are being answered when this thing is quieted down yeah. enough enough to see it I, I want to give a couple of examples here of prayer being answered and i'm not a religious person i'm a spiritual person i have a direct yeah. line i don't go through the church yeah. um my mom was dying and she was very sick and she needed to pass over and she needed to cross over and she she wanted to die just didn't know how you're like come on death yeah. come and take me and yeah. there was there was a certain kind of resistance or fear around it right and mm -hmm. I put on Facebook to my wonderful followers that have been following me and, and traveling with me for all these years. I need a prayer for my mom to help her cross over. And 110 people sent verbal prayers, plus other people, you know, the likes, etc. Within 24 hours, it was a dull day. My sister was with my mom and she said it was raining. It was a dull day. And they'd moved my mom into the living room, the lovely bay window there. My sister went to make a cup of tea. When she came out, she said the sun was directly shining on my mum. Her uh -huh. eyes and her hands were over and she had passed over peacefully. Indeed. Yeah, beautiful. Now, another one is recently, uh, one of the people that are in the book, Victoria Curry, her daughter went into hospital with a most vicious, nasty virus that literally was breaking down her organs. And she's had 12 going on, 13, 14 operations. And she was mm -hmm. in a coma and they, and they didn't think, they, the doctor said, I don't think she's going to make it. She's just not going to make it. And of course, uh -huh. I, she put out a prayer vigil, I put out a prayer vigil, and everybody put out that vigil out there. Her daughter is awake. She's off the respirator, off the dialysis. She's still got a long way to go, but yeah. she's back with us. Now, prayer, yeah. whether you're looking at it from a religious point of view or an energetic point of view, sending yeah. people loving white light, yeah. good vibrations, is sending them positive energy. And the more people that send it to people who need it, the more energy they have around them to help lift them out really of whatever good. situation they're in. Really, really good. Really good. And you know, it's it's so beautiful because so much of so much of prayer is it's it's attributed to almost like a final shot, like, well, I guess all we'll do is pray now. Yes. It yes. seems like, a, like a, yeah. it's kind of been dressed I up, up as a last... I open up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I guess we can pray. <laughs> yeah but you know it isn't um you know like in some religions it's it's almost praying as a punishment if you don't pray you're going to go to hell and all of that and it's like as i said there's a direct line to whatever source you want to call it whatever god yeah. you want to to call it and it's that energy is available to us all the time as i said you were you yeah. know anger back and forth back and forth bouncing for because you hadn't opened up that door yeah. you hadn't released it yeah and then once you did the universe goes, ha, oh, thank God he's open. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. And it took me giving up. Away, you know? Yes. I was going to say it, it took me giving up. Yes. Like Surrender. literally, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Surrender. Yeah. It was really a give up. Yeah. And then allow. Surrender and yeah. allow go hand in hand. You surrender. I surrender twins. to you. And I allow you to show me the path they're forward. They're twins. For sure. Yeah. They're twins. Yeah. yeah. They work in yeah. tandem with each other. And it's yeah. without dictation or expectation. Just allow. 
and you yes. will always be given more than you even thought that you could receive. Don't limit it. Yeah. Don't limit and, you know, we're, one of the things... we're the ones that limit ourselves. Nobody else. The universe. Yes, doesn't. indeed. You know, I was um, you know, I just uh, I spent the month of December in uh, in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya. And I just wanted to share one of the things because I know that I didn't know that you had this this um this commitment to children and the youth is um there'll be another no, two, I, book, two and three and four. This this is the first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there was a, I met a pastor over there, a, a Christian pastor, uh, and his, and his wife, Liz, the friends of my sister-in-law who is from there. She's from, she's from Kenya. And, um, I, I got to spend some time with them and get to know them just really beautiful people. And I got to go down and see some of the work that he's doing. And then my sister-in-law kind of took me down showed me some of the stuff that he's doing and. And so we got involved on a little, little, but much of a, a little bit of a bigger, bigger, bigger involvement. And what I, what I noticed was as I was down, he's, what he does is he helps these teens, there's drug addiction, whatever the problem is, ones that have been disconnected from themselves or obviously disconnected from their family. And so he gets them in there and then he really, he loves them mm -hmm. is really what he does is he loves them and gets them reconnected back to their family. But also, reconnected back to the community with things that are, you know, things that we take for granted, like, you know, creating things for the older people so they can go to the bathroom there. Yes. Yeah. Because their knees are so bad, they can't bend and bringing things into like, so letting these kids now get themselves connected in a way that they're making a difference. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I noticed about being around these kids, as opposed to working with adults, that there's not as much momentum yeah. and so they they re, they come they snap out faster yeah yeah they just they, they just kind of recover so much to, to unload <laughs> yeah not as much momentum has yeah. gone in that direction so i just you know just really excited and i'll share more with you about that project as we move down the line and just africa well, was just funny such enough, a beautiful I, one of the people in the book uh, Alexander Johnson, that is what her book is about, is about helping children that have either gone down the addictive or criminal way of coming yeah. back. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's from a God type perspective, but it is about what is God? I've actually had an argument with, um, I don't argue, I don't go conspiracy, but a disagreement with somebody I interviewed that was highly religious. And I said, God is love because I disagree. And I go, well, what is he to you? You know, and it, and it was it was some form of like control or this or that, you know, and yeah. I go, no, my God is love. Yeah. Everything that my God or my source of energy does is in, in love, love for me, love of what my contribution is, love of yeah. what we can be when we choose to be. And it yeah. all comes from love and you can feel that flood of love. That's why I say people that go down the addictive road are alone. When you're with this source of energy, whether you're with this beautiful divine presence and you become that love that yeah. you seek, you are yeah. no longer alone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really powerful when, when you can understand that, you know, we are an extension of that, which is we quote what they're referring to as God or source energy, whatever you are. So you can never be disconnected from what you are, but you can sure have the experience of feeling disconnected yes. from it. And that's yes. a real different kind of distinction that kind of shows a little bit like you can create the, is, is, I don't know if you ever listened to any Daryl Anka who channels Bashar. No, no. 
it's 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 you know it's all abundance but you can have an abundance of disconnectedness oh yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know as i said i've just written my own memoir and my brother was editing it he's a professional um a literary master and author himself and, and and writes he writes i call very spiritually he doesn't live that way but it, it comes out in his books um uh -huh. and i was kind of expecting him to kind of you know because we're very different type of writers yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he I, w I wasn't getting the critique other than I'm dyslectic. So my spelling and grammar was all over the place. So I corrected that. But but, you know, what he did, he said, there's so much loneliness in your book. And I said, yes, because I was a spiritual being trying to fit into a human world. Uh -huh. But in the last 20 years, we have seen the awakening. Yeah. We have seen the spirit gates open. We've seen yeah. more and more people rise to consciousness. So more and more of my purpose of what I'm here to do is now more seen and heard. Whereas before I felt like I was on deaf ears or I couldn't be seen because I was just too different from what that norm was. But I knew that the norm wasn't working and I was here to yeah. help the norm become yeah. what they're meant to become. But we have the right energy with us now. We have the people like yourself that have been awakened. And the more you are awakened, the more you're willing to share and the more you're yeah. willing to help other people awaken. And this consciousness is rising and rising and rising and rising. And yes, we indeed. are the salvation of this planet and of all life on this planet. We're the problem, mm -hmm. but we're also the solution the more we rise up into this. It doesn't just become a solution to us personally we then become part of the collective solution. Yeah, like it or not, we're in it together. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, like the orchestra, you know, every instrument is important. Yeah. Every instrument, yeah. even if there's a dozen strings, they're important to yeah. the piece that's out there. So, you know, if somebody else is doing what you're doing, they're doing it in a different way to, I mean, I'm a true colors coach, it's four different personality perspectives, right? You see, so yeah. my style might not fit all personality perspectives, where somebody else's style fits that perspective that I can't help. Totally right on. Totally right on. Totally right, right on. So I never, I never, I never sweat who's going to come across my paths. I'm just paying attention as it's showing up and as yes. they're crossing. Because that's they're, out of my. That's they're out of my vibrationally have chosen you, or have been Indeed. chosen for you. Indeed. It's just for you Indeed. to be present when they're there. Yeah. yeah. Really good. You have a law of attraction program. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's you know it's cornerstone. It's it's cornerstone in alignment. That's that's really the whole the whole alignment momentum. That's a really really big deal of getting people outside of their life and letting them look at how the emotional momentum is moving either one direction or the other, and then how to shift that momentum with little little shifts, little little movements as they're kind of moving. Not looking for uh, the next day for a, mm. uh, a freight train to move from 100 miles an hour to one direction to go the other direction overnight. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, but showing that and then shifting people's relationship to, to contrast, understanding why we create contrast. Uh, that does What I've found that does is it frees up people's past. It allows you to free up that nobody ever did you wrong and you never did anybody wrong. You created that and you brought them in as part of your part of your show or part of your movie. Uh, and so that's pretty much what I teach from the fundamentals of what you want is to be happy, just like me. Mm 
Yes. And someday, some way, if you get your stuff, you think you're going to be happy, but we got to find a way to get you happy before your stuff gets here. <laughs> but, you know, it's also, we carry and accumulate so much stuff with us along the way, and half of it is garbage. And it's like, how do we yep. take that heavy coat of what is not serving us off anymore so we can be light enough to be able to propel forward? And we can't yeah. embrace this beautiful new divine energy that's waiting for us to embrace it if we're still carrying all the old baggage with us. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some very subtle little, little trip wires, little, like little, like little riddles wrapped up in conundrums that really experience that I can, that I share with people that I can really see make a big difference. And one of, one of the real, real big ones is that, when, when big, powerful people start to get involved in the law of attraction and understand it, there's a, there's a sense of, um, where is it? It's not here. Yeah. It's not here. It's not here. And I think I spoke to you about this before, before we came on, is that that's, that's, such a, that's such a flip or a turnaround because people can feel like such a failure. And then in that conversation, I can let them know, you're so powerful that when you keep looking at your present time environment and saying that your thing isn't here, you're keeping it in abeyance. Yes. And that cognition is such a, like people that have been stuck in a trap of that for a long time, mm -hmm. that really, really opens the floodgates. That's like moving an iceberg out of the middle of a river. Yeah. That one really lets things start, start to flow. It, it's, the, it's the, I'll believe it when it comes. Instead, no, believe it for yeah. it to come. Yeah, exactly. Right? You got to feel good now before it shows up. Exactly. It's just the way creation works. It's just just yeah. really that way. And 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 the other big thing, Sarah, is it's 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 meditation. You know, it's there's I can't think of anything that's less flashy mm -hmm. and more has a bigger payoff than meditation. And I tell people living in this sector of the galaxy in a physical form and not meditating would be equivalent to trying to run the Boston Marathon without training, right? It's 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 literally that. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, it's just it's really really it's the key component of everything that I do is the meditation. But it seems so, you know, or it's so ordinary and so blah and so mundane and so ugh, right? So there's something too starting to show people. And it literally, and within the first week of even a small practice, I've noticed that you can't have people sit down for 30 or 40 minutes or even 15, 20 minutes. You start with five and then maybe go to seven and then go to 10. Get something they can get their mind around so they don't end up on a loss the first yeah. time they go and then they don't want to meditate anymore. Step by step. Step by step. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's no yeah. rush. You know, the, the more you take those steps, step by step, and you start to feel it, and you start to feel it work, the more you're going to be actually be able to put into another gear, right? Yeah. Well, well also, also for the significance <laughs> of, you know, it's really important for a human mind to tell them why it's so significant, right? Yes. So if they don't get the significance, if I just say, well, you should just meditate because that's what you do. But there's subtle things like this. Here's here's a big po point for for an, an advocacy for a meditation is what you want wants you. Yeah. Right. 
what you want wants you. That's what and the what's law what... of attraction is. <laughs> yes, exactly. And what's going to, so they want to know when, by when, right? Those are the two scariest words in the English language, by when. Uh, okay, I'm giving it five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one of the things that I tell people is, as you begin to quiet your mind, one of the things you might see or notice is you might start to see experiences in your, really fast, you'll see experiences in your life where, you won't react the way you normally would have in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And and the reason the, the reason the meditation is significant is because by not reacting the way you would have in the past, you didn't put more of this resistance up, which is keeping everything in abeyance that you want. Yeah. So the meditation is going to increase your ability to allow those things to come into you. Yes. And the timing, it could happen right now if you can get yourself to be a match for it. But this thing's been running its the show for for quite quite some time and you know one of the things that before ramdas left his body one of the things he had shared with me was he was trying to get me to understand that there was a bigger part of me that was really in charge of things and he told me a beautiful story that i'd i'd like to share with you really quick Please. if you don't mind so so he said i want you to get the idea of of you're sitting in a stagecoach and you've been in this stagecoach for quite some time. And this stagecoach is going up on two wheels when it turns around the corner. It's not stopping at intersections. Sometimes it just cuts across the field. So it's been a real bumpy journey. And one day, the stagecoach, you reach up and you tap the driver of the stagecoach and you say, hey, pull over up here. And the stagecoach pulls over and the guy looks down and says, what do you want? And he said, well, I'm Alan, and I want to let you know that I'm going to need you to make full stops from now on. And, and I actually have a destination on where we're headed with this coach and no more cutting across the fields and yes. no more. And I want you to just get on this road and go straight until I tap you and tell you to turn. Mm -hmm. And I want you to follow the speed limit. And the coach driver looks down at me and says, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Alan. I actually own this coach. You actually work for me. <laughs> and that story was the transition of me. Oh, there I am. There, yes. there I am. Yes. There I you am. You are in control. I, I'm, I, I'm, in, I'm the owner of the coach. Yes. I'm the owner of the coach. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, it was, uh, I think, eight years ago that we did a show together on your book, um, Think It, Feel It, um, Have It. And, yeah. you know, I want people to go back and listen to that show. They'll find it on the same show page and listen, you know, to why you wrote the book and, and all around that, because it's really important. You know, um, yeah. I'm kind of a feel it, think it to have a show. <laughs> I'm yeah, all about yeah. the feeling. But, you know, it's where you were at at that time to write that book, which was 10 years yeah. ago and we did it eight years ago. You know, and, and how you've evolved since then and, yeah. you know, and where it's taking you. It's it's an exciting journey when you take that, isn't it? When you allow yourself yeah, to evolve. And, you know, the universe gives me, you're going to do, 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 do. And then I make a graphic out of it for me to see the picture of what they want me to do. And that picture may change slightly. But like six years ago, they gave me a very big picture. And that big picture is now coming into fruition step by step now. Right? Indeed. The books and, and the mentorships and the, and the educational platforms. And it was for me to put it down and go, okay, I see you, I hear you. And whom, how, and when will be shown as time goes by. But pay attention. 
and you know somebody's going to come into your life going to question is it them mm, no yeah okay that's all right and it's yeah. the patience and the persistence and the nurturing of it because you know the vision is right yeah and, but don't put a time stamp on it don't put a yeah. condition on it again surrender and allow you will recognize it as it comes. And the more you are in tuned yeah. with yourself, the more you will recognize when it yeah. comes. Yeah. You know, I tell people when people ask me or inquire about, you know, my life or my journey or anything that I've kind of done up, up across my, whether it's prison work or whether it's hospice work or, you know, I say, you know, I got involved with teaching people how to sit with dying people because I went to Ramdas one day and said, I need some help. I'm horrified of dying. I'm yeah. scared to death of my mortality. Like, I need some help with this. And he he steered me into the hospice movement. That's how I got there. And then the, the same thing with the prison work. He got me connected up with Bo Lozoff that was doing the prison project. And, you know, I just, I just, everything that I had this aversion to, yes. I kind of got my, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of moved in there. But, but what happened to me on my journey, the way I've come to sum it up is that, I was learning how to and practicing loving myself. And then what I woke up to was that it wasn't about loving myself. It was about recognizing or realizing that what I am is love. Yes. And so so <laughs> yes. now anything I do that's not love, I hurt. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel, and here's the difference. Anything that I'm doing that's that my inner being has a different viewpoint on, I feel it. But I get back in line now, yeah. right away, right away. I'm not. You know, I'm catching the bowling ball right at the line, not yeah. down by the pins. I used yeah. to catch it right yeah. up on the pins before I wiped everything out, right? That's yeah. the biggest difference. That's the biggest and, difference. And that is because you are aware. You are in yeah. tune. You know it. I'm, I've suffered a lot, a great deal from depression in my life. And sometimes the rabbit hole has been horrible. And, yeah. you know, people kind of say, snap out of it. It's just this. No, no, there is no rational, no reason for it. It is just no. a sense of despair that somebody's come in and pulled out your very soul. And, it, <laughs> you know, you just don't know what to do with it. And it's, it's yeah. so dark and hard to come out. And, yes, I finally got medication for it, which is sitting there. And I know mm -hmm. it's there if I ever need it. But because yeah. I'm so truly immersed in my own essence vibration now, that any time I feel it coming on, I go, okay, this is actually more of a warning of overload. Yeah. And I need to step back, nurture myself. That's what I mean about catching it early. That's, yes, that's really, the, exactly. we said the same thing with a different example. I've had yeah. no rabbit holes for, for a long time now because I catch it. Okay, this is a well-being day. No, nope, yeah. I know you've got a pile of work to do. Forget it. The headphones are going on. You're listening to music. Right on, right Something on, right, right on, on for right. yourself, right? Yeah, Because beautiful. until you really focus on yourself, you're not going to be able to do anything else. And it's really paying beautiful. attention to that. Right? Yeah. And it's a, and it used to be, but I've, I've got so many people counting on me. Uh, how, how am I good for them if I have no oxygen? Right. So, you know, you know, Sarah, back, back during when Gandhi was in India, he had, do you remember there was the salt march where he had all the people had, they were going to do a march in protest of the British taxing the salt. And yes. the day before the, like four or five in the afternoon before they were going to do the march, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people were getting ready to go on this march. And so he took three or four of his generals and he went up to the bluff there uh, around five or six, just before the sun went down. And he looked over and he saw all the British troops and the cannons and everything lined up there. And so he told the guy that was in charge, he said, listen, I need you to go back and cancel the march. There's going to be violence. Mm -hmm. And he said, Gandhi, we can't cancel the march. There's 
people have taken off work. The women have been preparing food for days. Like we got to go like it's, it's scheduled. And Gandhi said, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I want to let you know that the difference between you and me is that you're committed to being consistent. I'm committed to my truth. There's going to be violence. So go back and cancel the March, right? My truth changes from moment to moment. And that, that ability to Mm. be present now, instead of doing what I thought I should and what instead of like, Oh, you know what? Something's coming off here. I'm going to go. And the way I used to do it, Sarah, was I'd go try to figure it out and fix it like something was wrong. Right. Yes. Now, now I just have it disappear from lack of attention. I, I notice it and it's almost like, oh, you mean just stick your head in the sand? Yeah, that's kind of what you, you can call it anything you want, but it's about maintaining my vibration. So what's happened is my vibration where it used to be a bottom is here and then a top here. It's just gone up. My bottom's raised. Yes, that's yes. what's happened. And you know, really, you know really what point. to what to pay attention to, and what is just a an old memory or an old feeling. Okay, all right, I see. But I'm sorry, we're not serving you anymore. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's and it's uh, you know I, I I sometimes I get myself into a traffic jam with too much on my plate at once, which I'm there right yeah. now. Okay, you know, and it just seems <laughs> to be the nature of my our life is is that it doesn't matter how well I try and plan things out to be in order. I live in yeah. chaos, and so it all comes together at once. But I seem mm-hmm. to work in that chaos to a point. Yeah. And what I've learned to do, okay, you, 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 that ball, you stay up there. I'll bring you down when I'm ready. And concentrate yeah. what I need to get down. Okay, you can come down and be a part of this. Uh-uh, you're staying up there. And also yeah. this big two-letter word, no. No, yeah. No is a no. big one. It's yeah. a very big one. You know, Sarah, one thing I one thing that's really important that I've noticed inside of this conversation is that this is really, really tricky, but our our natural condition, our natural state is good. Mm-hmm. Our natural state is really, really good shape. And so that's another thing that the meditation is really, really good for is you don't really need to do anything to get right. You got to stop doing whatever that thing is that you're doing to keep yourself off and keep yourself down. So that's a very, very, one of the best analogies I heard was somebody that's vacuuming their floor, but the vacuum's not plugged in. Right. Right. So like they're moving it around and they want everyone to recognize how hard they're working it, but they never really picked anything up. They just (laughs) moved junk around everything because it had no power. There was no power connected up to that. Yeah. I always say, be careful what you seed. And what you're watering because that's what's going to grow if you get weeds <laughs> it's what you seeded so be mindful of your seeds what is it you want to grow and are you watering or nurturing them indeed indeed, indeed. because you know our garden is either fruitful or desperate <laughs> according yeah. to how we feed it and yeah and yes you know we're going to get obstacles along the way yes we're going to get challenges that's part of the human existence but yeah the more those challenges come up and the more that you're living in this higher vibration, the more you can cope with those challenges and not be overwhelmed by them because you know what to do now. Take the breath, deal with you, deal with you, not with you, and just be able to get it done because we're no longer feeling the outside pressure. We know what's important to do. We have that energy in order to do it and we will deal with it as it goes. And we just, we simplify things so much more it doesn't matter how much more we take on but we do it in a simplified way that allows that energy to expand and to grow within it 
Yeah. And as we're feeling better, as we're experiencing those higher realms of vibration, not much really sticks to us. We're, we're, no. we're, we're pretty, we're pretty unmess withable really at that right. particular point. And, you know, we can still stand up against injustice. I mean, you know, the whole book that I'm doing is about how we're letting our children down. We have to address it. But we don't bash anybody for it. What we do is we look at the system and the patterns that we're in. And it is yeah. the system that is wrong. Not any, you know, everybody wants to look for someone to blame. The fingers pointing, yeah. pointing, pointing. It's their fault. Well, there's three fingers pointing back at you and say, well, what was your part in it? What are you going to do? Yeah, and, and, also, also, and also, Sarah, that there's, there's a plan going on of these people unfolding and their story and their things and just like you had yours and I had mine, you know, it would have been, and people who really, really cared about me really wanted to remove my toughness and my suffering, but it wasn't so much about me. It was more about them not feeling good, seeing me feeling bad. Exactly. And so there's something really important about not meddling in somebody's deal, but being available for them if they want to make a transition. Right. Yes. So, being, you know, just giving them space, being present, giving a, yeah. yeah, and understanding, yeah. understanding, understanding. You mentioned COVID. One of the things, you know, I, 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 had a, I had a completely different, I was traveling a lot when that was going on around the country. And it was really bizarre. It really was a bizarre time, the amount of fear that was there. But yes, I think, yeah, one of the things that I noticed was that the real epidemic, the real epidemic on the planet is loneliness. 100%. And it really, really got, really got exposed during that, that that whole deal, I remember going and seeing there was a next to where I where I live. There's, there's uh, not a retirement home, but like a transitional home. And there's a lot of single older people or older couples, right? And they were the most scared yes, because you know the as as seems like. And I had an experience of this until I caught it. It seems like as we age, like our bodies, like we get more afraid and doesn't seem to heal as fast. And, and then I realized what the big difference was when I was six, I didn't care about it. It just, I just knew it was going to get right again. How come I'm not doing that at 50? Right? I, I mean, I'm a bronchial asthmatic and I got COVID and every, oh, you asked me, you know, don't, you mustn't get it. And I got it. And yeah, God, it sucked. You know, I've got the various various. I have a, a two and a half year old grandson. He's a Petri dish and he brings everything home from daycare of course, and of he course. loves to share it. And I've been sicker in this last two and a half years than I have in years catching everything is gone including this you know rsv virus which put one of them in the hospital um mm -hmm. and so but the thing is i know i'm going to get through it and you know mm -hmm. yes i had bronchitis at one time other times I, this rsv is a respiratory thing i am asthmatic okay i take my precautions i do what i need to do i put common sense in play right and then i get on with it right yeah. and the thing is when we give in to fear when we have fear you know it's like the common sense fear don't walk in front of a bus. You're going to get flattened. And then yeah. the the excitement fear of like, where can this take me? What can I discover? What can I achieve from this? And I think is know your balance of your fears. And what's the point of being fearful of a disease where I, you know, cause this the common sense. Don't go and put yourself in danger if you're if you're sensitive. You know, there's, there's the common sense of it. But at the same time, I think being fearful all the time opens up for fear to come in. Right, yeah. uh, I mean, for the but being optimistic and going, I'm going to be sensible. I'm going to be cautious, but at the same time, I'm not going to give in to fear. 
there's no bullies without victims. There's no victims without bullies. Exactly. They need each other very much. <laughs> and one of the worst things, as you pointed out before, is is being your own worst bully. Yeah. Right? Yes, and, indeed. You know, yes, indeed. And that, yes, you know, indeed. Nobody can hurt you as much as you can hurt yourself. And so, yeah. you know, I'm recognizing that you're doing that, right? So that's, you know, yeah. a number one to yeah. look at. So you have this wonderful program. How do people get hold of you? Uh, how do they join your class and your uh, the, your program there? And of course, you've got another book coming out soon, which we'll have you back to talk about that. But of course, your other book yeah. is still going strong. And I want people to come back and listen to that show, please, because we talked all about that, which is great. But tell us everything and how we can uh, get hold of I, you. I will, but I'll just tell you this this other book that I just finished was, um, you, you'll, you might, you'll really get a kick out of this. So it's... um. It's got a real 60s groovy, like, you know, Partridge family bus with peace signs and purple and yellow all over it on the cover of it. And the title of the book is it's the Spiritual Hypochondriac's Guide to Enlightenment. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's 499 pages, the book is. And um, when you open the book on the first page, it says, relax, everything you want wants you, you're stopping it from arriving, and the rest of the pages are blank. <laughs> love it love it so it's just a gag it's just a gag it's no, a gag so I mean, it's actually very poignant because what you write down is what you're manifesting so be mindful of what you're asking for or mindful of, you know like if you've got some burdens to say i choose to release these burdens not i have these burdens right just what yeah. i choose to release in front of the burdens i wish yeah, to feel the idea like is, this you know yeah and the idea also is that it ain't about all that difficulty figuring out stuff. It's yeah. just relax, relax, chill out, chill relax, out, man. Yeah. Chill out, relax, <laughs> chill out, chill out, relax. So, how do people get hold of these courses? How do they get hold of the book? Give us your site and all your information, hun. Yeah, well, they can always just communicate with me at my my main site, which is achendrickson.com. Uh, that's my website. It's got everything on there. It's got some some good blog posts that I did on meditation and why meditation, but. They can reach me there. Uh, my other, my other is, you know, my, they can find me on LinkedIn. They can communicate with me on LinkedIn. And, you know, if, if I'm always open for a conversation for somebody that's dealing with something where they need some help or if I'm not a match for them or maybe they need, I've got a, probably, a, probably as good of reinforcement of other coaches around me of things that are more appropriate and fitting for because not everyone's a match for me. Mine's, a, you know, my program is just, it's, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not into goal setting is not part of my program, right? Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, when you're bumping into something and there's some stuff where you don't have an environment or community that has some of these other distinctions that, you know, you don't really find floating around in the, in the local, local conversations. Right. So, and, and the timing, it's not good, bad, right or wrong. It's just not for everybody. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just, I'm not really serving somebody if I'm talking to them about, you know, keeping appointments and, you know, their personal integrity, like, but I have other coaches that I work with that are, that are good for that. But anybody that's, you know, I, I just, anybody that's dealing with an addiction that needs somebody that can actually point them in the right direction to get themselves stabilized and get out of the woods. I'm, I'm really, really good at that. And that's what I'm really here to do. And it doesn't matter what kind of the addiction is. Do not assume it's it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, Whatever it doesn't the really addiction, matter. anything that you were yeah. obsessed about <laughs> unreasonably yeah. that's detrimental to you, that yeah. is an addiction. <laughs> yeah. And whether we work together a long time or not, one of the yeah. things that I definitely know for sure is after that first phone call, they will have 
a real clear, certain understanding of why this condition is going on and then what's coming for them down the road. They'll get a lot of relief from that first phone call. Right. And, and then, of course, it's their choice. It's their choice whether yes, they're willing to take this journey. You can show them the what and the how, but they've got to come to you with free will and free choice. Yeah, yeah, because they'll if reach. They, if they don't work with you, you, you're not doing it for them. You're helping them do it for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I tell people, you know, I'm batting a thousand when somebody works with me. But the only reason I'm batting a thousand is because they actually wanted to get better. You know, exactly. it wasn't really wasn't yeah. me. Yeah, no, was you're just, just the, you're just the, the sheepdog guiding them. Along yeah, the whatever that is. Yeah, it's not really me. And, yeah. and that's and that's a real that's a real interesting concept when you're being of service for anyone. It's it's really making it OK for whatever course that they decide to take and not getting stuck up in some sort of outcome with them because yeah. there isn't really anything wrong. It's perfect just the way it's unfolding and just the way it isn't. And, and there is no kind of must be done by this time. I promise you this by this time. No, it's it's how they participate in the journey as how the yeah, results no are shooting. going to be. No. No shitting on people. No, 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 definitely not. No shaming, no blaming, no shitting, just supportive, loving support, right? Yeah. You know, that's very often what people need is this reflection back as to what they're seeing and how they could see it differently and then just loving them on that journey forward, which is really. What yeah. And that's and that's another really, really big point, because, you know, love, love, love really exists in the listening and the understanding. I don't know how closely together love and understanding is, but it's. You know, they're they're the at le they're at least non-identical twins for yeah. sure. That's it's really really close. Yeah. So, that you know that and that's compassion. really and yeah. Love and compassion are definitely companions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, achendrickson.com is the site. That's probably the best way to reach me. And yeah, I'd love to talk to people. Anybody wants to reach out to me, I'd really love. To yeah. Talk to Have a conversation. You don't know whether there's a fit or not. Have that conversation. If the show has resonated with you, have that conversation with him. Maybe you're not quite ready. You just need that call. You need that chat to maybe pivot you or just show you what it's all about. And then he's there when you are ready. But you're not going to know unless you pick up that phone or reach his site and, uh, and drop a line and start that conversation. Yeah, and that's a real, that's a confidential, that's a real, that's a confidential conversation. That's not something that we go public with. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's your journey. It's your private journey. And he's Indeed. just there cheering you on, guiding you, making sure that you're going in the right direction. Amen. But you still got to walk it. You still got Indeed. to walk it. Indeed, yes, indeed. And it's worth Sarah, it. The you. waters are wonderful. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming back again and sharing. We don't have to leave it so long next time. Uh, yeah. So you come back again. Um, please go back and listen to the other show and reach out for his book as well. Uh, it's timeless. So it's not a question that it was only fashionable back then. It's timeless. So it. That's so great you said that. That's so great you said that. It really is. I, I went back. I went. I go back every now and then and read it as as I expand. Mm -hmm. I go back and read it and it's it's just gold. It's yeah. just it's just really yeah. gold. You know? and, and that's the thing, yeah. it's you know, it's that wonderful kind of foundation of which to build from, right? So yeah, good wisdom indeed. never goes out of date. That's yeah. it. That's all it is. Yeah. So thank you so much, Alan, for being with us here today. And to everyone else, please recognize, you know, kind of recognize in yourself there's a pattern that you're constantly repeating. Is it an addictive nature, no matter what it is? Do you need help in order to transition and kind of move and start looking at things in a different way? And you know that you can't do it on your own. Alan is here to help you. And we all need help. 
no shame in asking for help. There's no blame, no shame. Yeah. All he wants to do is see you get into that right direction and step into your own beautiful light and essence. Because that is when you're not only going to be a solution to yourself, but you're going to be a solution to everyone else as well. So until yeah. next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.